where do you go to find authenticity and truth? Nobody wants to talk about the skeletons in their closet, the nitty gritty, or the failures, all of which I believe are the most important parts of anybody's story of success. This is a place where we say what nobody else is saying. Truth with Tara, welcome to the fold. What's up, guys, and welcome to Truth with Tara. Today's episode is all about destroying the perfect. Ooh, this is a loaded topic for me for sure because I am unlearning all sorts of things <laughs> that I have wound myself up to learn for so very long. This has been a very big discovery for me the past six months, and now I am kind of relearning how to live my life. And I, I think this very closely relates to music, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, so I recently, just today, got back from my first Atlanta trip in six months. I had not been to my Atlanta studio since August because between August and now I've been super sick uh, with a bunch of different health problems and really struggling to just keep everything going while struggling to keep myself going. And now thank you, Jesus, that I am finding a light at the end of the tunnel and crawling my way back to normalcy. I am taking back the keys to my kingdom. And I went to Atlanta for the first time in six months. And let me tell you, like I run a tight ship. So I, I, I was hopeful that I would go to the space and expect it to be as I left it. And for the most part it was, but it, there were moments of sadness as I got there because it just, it felt like I had been gone a long time. There were little things that needed repaired or replaced. And, you know, just it, it, you had this sense that time had gone on in my perfect little environment that I'd created for myself, for my coaches, for my, my clients up there was less than perfect. And it bothered me. Um, and, you know, when you own your own thing, it's no one's responsibility but your own to keep those things up. And although I have amazing coaches who really did a wonderful job um, and do a wonderful job at treating it like it's their own, it still is yours at the end of the day. And nobody's going to care quite as much as you do. As I was there in Atlanta, you know, when I go up there, I love on my coaches. I usually take them out to dinner. I hear about their personal lives. I invest time into them. We film tutorials a lot. And I also do continuing education uh, with them so that they are pouring from a full cup and not an empty one into their students. And they're getting the latest and greatest information from me. I also give them the chance to do a Q&A with me and ask me any questions that they have, any problems or concerns with students, any good things they want to highlight, etc. So when I was doing this continuing ed, one of my uh, more seasoned coaches um, who has a lot of advanced students, a lot of artists who are, you know, touring and auditioning for big things and, you know, professional level students said to me, you know, I get the whole trying to perfect voices that have a lot to improve on. But what happens when you get an artist who comes in and they sing their faces off and they're pretty much perfect? And I said, well, those are my favorite kinds. And he looked at me kind of puzzled and said, why? And I said, because then you finally get to destroy the perfect. And he looked at me and he was like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, 
You get to destroy the perfect. And this is so true in every single area of commerce and industry, but because I'm a singer and a musician and own a performing arts studio and we teach people all over the world how to sing their faces off, <laughs> um, what I want to explain to singers or or hopeful singers or or people who are music enthusiasts who are listening to this is when you start out singing, you try to fix all of the things that are quote unquote broken or imperfect, right? So per, for instance, I have a problem with pitch. And so we're going to work on your pitch. We're going to make you sound better by singing on pitch. That's necessary. You never really want to mess that up or destroy the, the perfect when it comes to pitch, right? But there are areas where you can bend it. And I will elaborate on that in a few minutes. Let's say that you have no vibrato and you you only sing straight tone. Well, we're going to try to improve on that area. We're going to try to develop vibrato. Maybe you have no vocal flexibility and you can hit notes and you can sing with vibrato, but you cannot move off of those notes and ad lib or riff or run to save your life. It's just very vanilla, very straightforward, nothing really wrong with it, but nothing really exciting. We're going to help you with that, right? Maybe you have a very limited range and it's limiting your choice for the song that you want to sing. Well, guess what? We're going to expand your range so that you have a deeper, longer, bigger catalog of song possibilities that you now can proficiently and effectively sing. You get my point? So we are we are perfecting the imperfect at that stage, right? But there are singers who come to us and I love them. They are my favorites who they've already done that or innately God has given them that that just that just innate gift that they have that built in them already. Or maybe they've already trained, you know, these are sometimes adults that are seasoned professionals that are just continuing their training and they come to us, right? So a lot of times coaches like my coach, and rightfully so, he is uh, getting his master's in vocal pedagogy. He is a technical beast. And, you know, you're always thinking how to improve, how to perfect. But when I said that to him, I could tell a light bulb flicked on for him as it did for me. And if you're a vocal coach listening to this, I am speaking directly to you as well, because we can get imposter syndrome. Sometimes if a singer comes in and they're singing a note that you yourself have a hard time singing, you're like, whoa, like I need to pick them apart and try to like make them feel inferior so that I still seem superior and keep my authority. And that is the worst thing that you could do to a student. Don't ever do that. Stay humble. Do not allow your pride or your ego to creep into a lesson and try to make someone who's coming in awesome be picked apart. No, like own that perfection in them and say, wow, you're my favorite student today and here's why. And I've literally said this before and I told my coach this who was asking the question. I say, they're my favorite students and this is why. Because when they're that level, when they've already fixed the pitch, the vocal agility, the range, you know, the vibrato, the, the dynamics, all of these things, right? And they're singing so vocally sound, it's pristine, right? But <laughs> where is the really picky picky, picky stuff. I'm talking and I'm going to give you an example, actually. Why not? Because, you know, singing is audible and it's a lot easier to demonstrate it than explain it. Let's just say I was singing, um, uh, I don't know, the song, the first song comes to my mind. You've been on my mind. I grow fonder every day. 
Okay. So I would say that's pretty vocally perfect. It's on pitch. I've got good timing. I've got good vibrato. I've got good vocal flexibility because I did that little day thing, right? So if, if a student came to me or in this case to my coach and they sang it that way, I could understand why you as a coach or my coach or myself would be like, well, dang, I'm not really sure what I, what I need to do with this. I got like a half hour or an hour to try to figure something out. But that's my favorite part because I would say to that person, yo, like you're killing it. And now because you're killing it, I am going to destroy the perfect within that. And I'm going to make it now sound like an artist. And I'm going to make it now sound like something that grabs inside the center of the heart of the person that's listening to this. And I'm going to pull that heart closer to me as the singer. I'm going to make them feel something to the deepest part of their core as if it were them singing it themselves. So I would tell them, I want... I want to I want to crack or a cry on the word you right out the gate. So instead of you've been on my mind, I want you've been on my mind. Okay? Just even that that one little thing, okay? So we're technically cracking, we're we're frying out there, right? But Wow, does it make it sound way cooler. It grabs you in, it hooks you in. Now, I want you to darken the tone on the word on and make it sound a little more ominous, a little more soulful, okay? A little more longing. So I keep the crack and I add that. You've been on my mind. Do you hear the difference now? From you've been on my mind, which is perfect. There's nothing wrong with it to you've been on my mind, you've been on my mind, right? And I could go on. Like there's so many little things that I could add into that. I could add a vocal swell. I could add a decrescendo. I could add breath. I could add a hold. I could add a riff. I could add a run. There are the, end, the endless possibilities, right, are just in front of me. And when I explained this to my coach, he was like, wow, I didn't think that by trying to mess it up, that it would actually sound even more perfect. And I'm like, exactly. And and for, for you fashionistas, you, you girls out there with the amazing hair, right? The long hair, you know as well as I do that when you go get your hair done, okay, what is the very last thing the hairstylist does before you walk out of that place. She can curl your hair. She can spray it. She can do all these things. But you know that she's going to have you flip your head upside down and flip it back up again for the final touch because she's essentially messing up the perfect that she just did or he, whatever, barber, whatever. He's or she's destroying the perfect. And I just love that visual of like flipping the head down and flipping it back up because that's exactly what I was telling my coach to do. That's exactly what I tell my students to do. And that is exactly what I try to remember to do when I'm singing myself. Because at the end of the day, my studio is beautiful. And you know what? If a battery needs replaced or a light bulb needs to be fixed, or if the signage needs to be cleaned, you know what? That just shows me that it's being used. It's being used a lot and all the time to where things run out. And yeah, I wasn't there for six months and it hurt my feelings, you know, but I'm back. I took back the keys to my kingdom. And yeah, you may have worked all this time to sound so great and so perfect. You might have a four-year degree in vocal performance. Ooh, girl. Ooh, 
boy, good for you. You come to us at Tara Simon Studios, we're going to mess all that up because you need it. You need the foundation of perfect, but you also need to flip that hair down and then up again in order to make the perfect really, really perfect, which is destroying the perfect and making it imperfect. And man, that's just been a metaphor for my life lately. And I don't know about you, but it really takes the pressure off, doesn't it? I think that for the last year, I spun myself into oblivion, burnt myself out and almost damn near ruined an organ, <laughs> you know, um, all because I was I was going after so hard going after really, really good things. And I was trying to perfect and execute all of it immediately at the same time to perfection. And man, has the Lord taught me in the past six months, not just with my life, but coming back to my studio and coaching my coaches and singing again and really just embracing my gosh, can I even say this? Can I even say all the way down to my body, which by the way, I've never been bigger. <laughs> and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you girl, you got to get it back. You got to whip that back into shape, you know, but six months of, you know, not working out, not salsa dancing like I love having a very strict and weird way of having to eat, you know, it takes a toll. It really, really does. And and yet I am being so careful to be kind to myself and to love even the imperfect in my body right now because I deserve that. And so do you. You really do. You really, really do. And I, I could venture to say, you know, I was in a bodybuilding competition um, this time. Uh, I just I actually it was like a few months ago, like probably like I don't know, like a year and a half ago at this point, if I'm judging by the months. And I was way thinner, way more toned. And yet I was never more unhappy or judgmental over my body than I was then and there. And so I, I remember that feeling. And I I'm just trying my best to convey to you that. In every area of your life, bodily, spiritually, vocally, career-wise, you know, it's really important to, to learn this fact of destroying the perfect and the beauty that lies within. I really don't want to live the rest of my life striving for perfect. It's freaking exhausting. Like, aren't you tired? You know, <laughs> I was tired already, like fighting to get better health-wise. Fighting to be perfect as well as fighting to be healthy is just not feasible. Like maybe in heaven, but then you're already perfect. So it's a moot point, right? But like down here where we is right now, uh, it's it's completely pointless. So I just want you to take stock today of what it is that you're holding on to that you think, well, this is my thing. Like this is where I shine. This is my perfect. And I, I want you to think of ways that you can destroy that. And I'm not saying like be bad. I'm saying be better than perfect. Destroy the perfect. Make that change, those simple little changes that as a voice creates artistry or as a body creates self-love or as a coach creates way more creativity than imposter syndrome. You have what it takes to overcome this in your mind. I have what it takes to overcome this in my mind. And I'm challenging you today as I challenge myself, let's just, you know, maybe have a little fun this week and destroy the perfect. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I love you so much, and I'm grateful for all of you who listen to these podcasts. Stay tuned for the next one. I'm going to be talking a lot more about my upcoming project for Red Pill Records and the Red Pill Pledge. We're going to be getting into the steps of that as I prepare to go to Dallas to cut the lead vocal soon.
Thanks so much for listening to Truth with Tara. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future podcast episodes, don't hesitate to email info at tarasimonstudios.com. Yeah, I know that you don't got